0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. So first off, I need to thank you. Um, Today is the seventh anniversary of my ordination, and it has been a joy and a blessing, and it's all thanks to you. So thank you. So on this third Sunday of Epiphany, the question that was asked in the Christmas carol, what child is this, is answered. On an ordinary day in an ordinary town, something extraordinary happened. A speaker reading the words of Isaiah from the Torah The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he proceeded to give probably the shortest sermon in history. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, not next year, but today. Jesus was telling his listeners who he is and what he's about. It was his keynote address, his mission statement. He was telling us he was bringing good news to the poor, release of the captives, and restoring sight to the blind and letting the oppressed go free. This message was one of deliverance, And restoration. For Jews, every 50th year is sacred. It was called the year of the jubilee. And you shall hallow the 50th year, and you shall proclaim liberty throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. You shall return, every one of you, to your property, and every one of you to your family. The year of the jubilee, the year of the Lord's favor, All debts are forgiven, the oppressed are free, and the playing field is leveled for everyone, everywhere. So by proclaiming that the scripture had been fulfilled, Jesus was telling his listeners then and now that he is the living year of the jubilee, that we no longer have to wait for the 50th year of seven cycles, of seven years for the Lord's favor. It's ours. Right now, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And if we read further in this gospel lesson, we'll also find out that the congregation then promptly tried to throw Jesus off a cliff. So I don't know about you, but sometimes I also struggle with these messages myself. The good news. Because it doesn't always seem like there's a whole lot of good news out there. Seventy-one years ago, this Wednesday, on January 27th, the Auschwitz concentration camp was liberated, and the world remembers the Holocaust, the International Remembrance Day. It was the genocide of over six million people who were murdered for their ethnicity or sexual identity, but primarily because they were Jewish. The final solution, perhaps an inevitable conclusion to demonizing and marginalizing the other, Reducing our fellow human beings to just caricatures or objects less than human. And yet, and yet, in spite of this history, we hear our politicians pandering to our worst instincts, stirring up ethnic and religious hatred, demonizing, marginalizing those who are different, whether they're different sexual identity, ethnicity or religion. I do sometimes wonder if folks are reading the same Bible I am. The one that tells us that we need to love our neighbors as ourselves, love our enemies, turn the other cheek, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, heal the sick, and visit those in prison and letting the oppressed go free. And in one of Paul's more poetic moments, in his letter to the Corinthians, he writes, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we have been baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we are all one in the spirit. Paul also tells us that we are ambassadors for Christ. And what would that look like if we took those words seriously? The author Annie Dillard describes what going to church would look like if we really took the gospel seriously as the people of Nehemiah took the readings of the laws of Moses as it was read to them by the high priest Ezra, weeping and falling to their knees when they heard the words of the law, then rejoicing celebrating with food and wine, sharing that food and wine with those who had nothing, all for the joy of receiving the word of the Lord. Dillard writes, Does anyone have the foggiest idea of what sort of power we so blithely invoke? It is madness to wear straw hats to church. We should be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue life preservers and signal flares. They should lash us to our pews. For the sleeping God may wake someday and take offense, or the waking God may draw us out to where we can never return. Perhaps that's why the village elders tried to pitch Jesus off a cliff. Because this is revolutionary stuff. This is life-changing. This is transforming. And it's downright scary. The Spirit of the Lord is here He's upon us, right here, right now, today, right this moment. Luke references the Spirit being upon Jesus several times. The Spirit would lead Jesus into the wilderness. He refers to Jesus being filled with the power of the Spirit. And in Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. And the Spirit is literally the breath of God. And when we are full of the Spirit, we are living into that reality that every breath we take is God's breath. And every moment of our lives is God's. And when we are full of the Holy Spirit, we are transformed. So take a deep breath and breathe it out, knowing that it's God's and that he is with us right here, right now today. And I try and remember that whenever I get discouraged by the world around me or think what's the use? What can I possibly do that would make a difference? And for me I'm reminded of the question that was asked of the rabbis after the genocide of over 6 million of their people. Where was God that he allowed this to happen? And the response was, where was man? Man who was created in God's image and his every breath is God's. And he gave us his son. And we asked when he was born, what child is this? He was anointed to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim that we are all living in the days of the Lord's favor, right here, right now, today. On that ordinary day, in that ordinary town, what Jesus proposed was revolutionary. It was transformative. It was life-altering. He had come to love the unloved and serve the underserved. And right here, right now, today, we are living in the days of the Lord's favor. Freed from whatever baggage we're walking around with. Free to live into God's dream for us. And perhaps the word today is the scariest part of what Jesus said to his listeners then and now. Because today means that we are smack dab in the middle of God's work and his dream for this world and for us. Today means now, right now, not some distant future, but right here, right now. The spirit of the Lord is upon us also. And we too are anointed to bring the good news to the world To speak up and speak out for the oppressed, the poor, the captive, and those who are persecuted for being of a different religion, ethnicity, race, creed, or sexual identity. There's a real urgency to this text. We listen to these words that are both exciting and frightening at the same time. Because what it is saying to each one of us is how far we are from God. We can refuse to listen. We can refuse to believe. We can refuse to let it make a difference in how we live our lives. But it will still be true. Jesus' one-sentence sermon may have been the shortest in history, but it was probably the most powerful. His words remain as clear and as poignant and as urgent as ever. So how are we here at Trinity Cathedral proclaiming the good news to the poor, the release to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind? How am I proclaiming that news? How are you proclaiming that news? This is the year of the Lord's favor, the year of the jubilee, the year that the good news of Christ is being fulfilled. We exist to be able to say, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Amen.